Social Ventures Australia brings you this podcast from the SVA Quarterly, sharing insights from SVA's work and from across the social sector. Hello and welcome to the SVA Quarterly podcast. My name is Karen Prout and I'm the editor of the SVA Quarterly. Today I'm talking with Divya Roy, a manager in SVA's consulting team, about taking a systems approach to food insecurity. Hello, Divya, and thanks for your time. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. These terms, food insecurity, food security, we're hearing them more often as a result of COVID, both in the global situation and here in Australia. According to a recent report from the United Nations, world hunger was at its highest for 15 years last year as the COVID pandemic impacted both incomes and access to food. There were as many as 811 million people, that's about a tenth of the global population, undernourished in 2020. But before we go any further, Divya, this term, food insecurity, could you explain what it means? Because I know it refers to not only people running out of food and not being able to buy more food, right? That's right. So food insecurity is defined as whenever the availability of nutritionally adequate and safe foods or the ability to acquire such food in socially acceptable ways is limited or uncertain. And this insecurity occurs along a spectrum and it encompasses more than running out of food and being unable to buy more, which is defined as food insecurity with hunger. But what many people are surprised to hear is that food insecurity without hunger actually covers a wider range of issues and is experienced by many more Australians. This can include someone living in an area where they are unable to access affordable, nutritious food, or someone relying on low-cost, low-quality food to avoid running out, or a parent reducing the size of their meals so they can provide enough food to their children. And how prevalent is food insecurity in Australia? What, what do we know about it? In Australia, it's, it's estimated that one in 25 adults will experience food insecurity with hunger. So that means one in 25 adults will experience running out of food and not being able to afford more. In Victoria, for example, the most recent report from the Victorian Agency for Health Information had estimated that about 4% of the Victorian adult population experienced food insecurity with hunger. However, 37% experienced food insecurity without hunger, which covers that broader range of issues. And as you noted, the pandemic really exacerbated this issue. And we know that many Australians experienced food insecurity for the first time due to the impact of COVID-19. For example, again in Victoria, the 2020 impact of COVID-19 restrictions on employment and income led to 23% of Victorians having to rely on a restricted range of low-cost, unhealthy food because they were running out of money. And again, this 23% doesn't cover that full spectrum of food insecurity, but it demonstrates how an economic downturn leads to an increase in this insecurity. I imagine that the that inadequate income is the primary cause of food insecurity. Are there other causes? Yes, it's important to recognise the systemic causes of food insecurity. And as you say, these often primarily relate to inadequate income and you know, that can be through unemployment, underemployment and inadequate welfare support. And interestingly, the higher rate of job seeker and the coronavirus supplement in 2020 
dramatically reduced levels of financial and personal distress, which led to declines in food insecurity. And a survey found that these increased income supports led to fewer people having to skip meals and actually resulted in many Australians reporting that they could afford fresh fruit and vegetables for the first time. But in addition to inadequate income, there are also other contributing factors to food insecurity. And this includes people living in geographically isolated areas where there may be poor access to affordable and nutritious food or communities where there is limited education on nutrition and healthy eating. So SCA Consulting was invited to work with the city of Greater Geelong to better understand its region's food relief system. What does a food relief system look like? What are the components and how does it work? Food relief systems broadly aim to provide food to people experiencing food insecurity. And they are often place-based, providing local support to a region's food needs. And the supply chains in food relief systems often involve a variety of different organisations, including food producers, suppliers, retailers, distributors, large and small non-profit organisations, and of course, many community groups. And coming into this area for the first time, what struck you most about this food relief system? Greater Geelong's food relief system, like many other regional systems, was complex. And there were over 60 different organisations working to provide food to those in need in the region, along with several community organisations that were also providing funding and research to support the system. Many organisations within the supply chain were operating with limited funding, relying heavily on donations and generally a largely volunteer workforce. So some of these organisations include Food Bank, Second Bite and the Salvation Army to local churches and also primary schools. Because of this complexity, we decided to take a systems approach to the work with Greater Geelong. And so what this means is We started by looking at the entire supply chain as a whole to understand the roles of the more than 60 organisations working within it and how they interrelated with each other. This enabled us to measure the impact of the whole food relief system. And why why exactly was the City of Greater Geelong interested in understanding the system? What, What sort of opportunities are there for local government to support regional food efforts? Yeah, like many regional areas, Geelong has low socioeconomic areas that experience higher rates of food insecurity than the general Australian population. And the city of Greater Geelong acknowledged that their system was complex and they wanted to better understand what role they could play to improve support to their residents experiencing food insecurity. And local councils are well-placed to understand, measure and support their region's food relief system And we highlight two opportunities for the local government or other key system players to support by firstly developing a better understanding of the local system through mapping the supply chain and building an evidence base of a region's food supply and demand needs. And then secondly, by playing a backbone role for the system's collaboration networks and the processes and policies to enable better provision of food relief. And these opportunities were also identified in Vic Health's Food for All program, which aimed to assist local government in advancing regional food security. Divya, how did this pan out for your work? 
how did you go mapping the system and, and what did you find out? We started by consulting with key stakeholders across the system to understand their roles and contribution and develop an overall view of the supply chain. We broadly mapped the roles of organisations from suppliers of food, logistics and transport, storage and distribution of food, which was then ultimately provided to clients via direct service organisations or food vouchers. We found that 60% of the food relief provided in Geelong was sourced from within the greater Geelong area, which really highlights the strong community ethic in the region, where local businesses and community residents would regularly donate food and funds. We also found that the community organisations within the system were incredibly resourceful and worked innovatively to keep the system's food wastage levels low. So based on this mapping and data, we estimated that the Geelong Food Relief System provided approximately 2.2 million meals to clients in need in 2019, which is an extraordinary effort. Again, it was contributed to by the many community organisations and charities who were largely underfunded and heavily reliant on donations and volunteers. That is uh, an impressive number of meals, 2.2 million a year. Um, was this enough to meet the demand from residents that experience or are experiencing food insecurity? Unfortunately, our analysis estimated that the 2019 demand for food relief in Geelong was about 2.5 million meals. And high-level forecasting, taking into account Geelong's expected population growth, estimated that potentially over 3.2 million meals might be needed from the region's system by the year 2031. What else did you find out about the system and, and how it could be improved? So Greater Geelong actually has a regional food hub called the Geelong Food Relief Centre. And food hubs are incredibly important, but also complex enterprises in a food relief system. What they do is work to create large, consistent and reliable supplies of food by actively coordinating supply chain logistics in the region. And the Geelong Food Relief Centre played an important role as the region's food hub by receiving, storing and distributing food relief to a number of direct service organisations and clients in the region. Our analysis found that around 70%, really the majority of, of food relief, was being stored and distributed to the direct service organisations and clients by the Geelong Food Relief Centre. And by comparison, about 9% of the food relief was being stored and distributed by Matchworks's Fair Meals Program, about 7% by Second Bite, and the remaining 15% by a collection of other small organisations and individuals. We found that the quantity of bulk food being distributed by the Geelong Food Relief Centre had grown by about 540% between the 2016 and 2019 financial years. And this was achieved, again, with the largely volunteer workforce and only a 28% growth in income. But with this increase in quantity, the Geelong Food Relief Centre had outgrown its warehouse. And just imagine almost 20,000 kilograms of food by over 50 deliveries being received each week through a single access road and a single loading dock. And that same loading dock was also used by direct service organisations who were picking up food for distribution to clients. So it was seriously constrained in its capacity to accept more food and provide a consistent supply to direct service organisations. 
which were those organisations that were key to providing food relief directly to people in need. And what's been the result of this analysis? So the Greater Geelong Council actually committed $1 million in capital funding towards a new site for the Geelong Food Relief Centre to increase its capacity. And this was along with $700,000 of operational support over five years. The other piece you mentioned earlier in taking a systems approach is that there's an opportunity for the local government or another key stakeholder to play a backbone role to support the system's collaboration networks, its processes and policies. Can you talk more about this? Absolutely. The example of Geelong really highlights the importance for a region's food relief system to be place-based, community-driven and collaborative. And VicHealth has identified a number of ways in which local government could take the lead in addressing food insecurity, including building a local evidence base on the food relief system, leveraging its funding capacity to drive change, working in partnership with community and food relief players, and also by developing policies and planning to improve community access to healthy food. So after this work you've done, here with the City of Greater Geelong, what's your key takeaway or insight? You came in with a bird's eye view of a food relief system. What would you share from that experience? I think the key takeaway for me is that these food relief systems and the incredible organisations, businesses and community members working together within them are often unseen, but they are just so important to ensure that everyone in the region has access to affordable quality, nutritious food. I think they are great examples of how a community can work together in a place-based, collaborative way towards a common goal. And there is so much potential for local governments and key stakeholders in these systems to enhance them by mapping the system to measure its impact and leveraging data to identify improvements. And there's also opportunities to increase efficacy further by providing that backbone support to enhance collaboration and coordinate data collection and develop place-based policies and community responses that ultimately benefit all local residents. Well, thanks very much, Divya, for sharing this work. Thank you. For any of you that would like to see more details about the mapping or read the full article that Divya has written, um, which is called A Systems Approach to Food Insecurity, You'll find it on the SVA Quarterly website. Thanks for listening. Related podcasts and articles can be found on the SVA Quarterly site, www.socialventures.com.au forward slash SVA hyphen quarterly forward slash.